Are you looking for a great podcast for your drive to work? Do you want to laugh so hard the beer shoots out of your nose? Hopefully, those aren't happening at the same time. But you've come to the right place. You're listening to the Cozy History Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cozy History Podcast. I'm Austin, and I'm joined here today by my co-host, Sam. I don't even know what the topic is. I told him what mine was. You guys will hear that come out the week before this one. Maybe a few days. We'll see. But uh, what are we talking about here today, Sam? I want to set the stage for you, okay? For Austin and our listeners, imagine a young man, not young, I'm whatever I am, Sam, me, I'm walking through Kroger, which for our international listeners, I'm walking through a supermarket or a supermarcado, mm-hmm. as they are sometimes called. A tienda. And I see a, and I see a, uh, a man in a motorized, a motorized uh, cart. So one of those carts, you know, it's basically a wheelchair uh, with a cart on the end. And everyone hates when they see and someone in one of those. They go, you clearly don't need that. I'm sure it's fun to just roll one of those around a shopping spree, you know, but, uh, keep going. Sometimes you see people, sometimes you see people on those motorized carts who are heavier and you're like, bitch, you know, come on now, Mm -hmm. come on. You need to be able to walk. But this individual was very thin, slender, very old, an old man. And I walked past him. And I saw he had a service hat on, which uh, essentially, if you're a veteran in the U.S., they often will give you hats um, to wear. And this one, this one said USS Pensacola, World War II. Oh my God! This happened probably about three hours ago today, at the the day that we're recording, three hours ago. So cool! I see this man in Kroger and Austin. What do you think I had? I had to do something. He said, what do you thank think you for your service. I did. I thanked you, of course. Austin and I are huge fans of going up to veterans, especially World War yeah. II veterans, and talking to them. Recently, and I, after the Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> you know, had a few beers in me, and I had one of those. I had to have a sit down at one of the tables. Not had to, but with two uh, Vietnam veterans, kind of just giving them the lowdown on our generation. I feel like a lot of people... <laughs> Letting them know what the kids are yeah, up to. Yeah, I'm like, you always got to reassure them. I feel like... You guys need to chill out. It's fine. <laughs> They're like, what's the deal with all these pronouns? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, dude, who cares? You can just call them by it or or not. But uh, Sam and I actually, during the beginning of COVID. Like right at the beginning. We yeah. saw another World War II veteran at a Kroger <laughs> in the Kroger, Kroger parking lot. <laughs> We talked to him. we talked to him in the Kroger parking lot. This man, Austin, you would have loved this guy. I chatted with him for at least you know five or ten minutes, standing by, standing by the fucking brats at Kroger. His name was Lewis Fields, and he served on the USS Pensacola. And he told me some stories standing there in the Kroger in the uh, in in the Kroger meat section, and it was, dude, it was amazing. I'll go ahead and just give give you an idea of what he went through. He joined up right after high school. He was um, 
part of the Okinawa campaign, and according to him, he saw the bomb drop on Hiroshima. Wow. And he told me, I'll go ahead and say what he said, he said, sometimes, even now, and this is, he was 96, and he was 18 when the bomb dropped, he said, even now, I still wake up thinking about all those Japanese we killed. And he, 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 his shoulders shook, and he goes, I just got a cold chill. Oh, my God. This is incredible. This yeah. happened today? Yeah. What the fuck? This happened today. This happened right after we talked on the phone earlier. Oh, my God. Like a few hours after that. Yeah. He told me so much uh, about his service. You know, when he joined up, he said, uh, I'll go ahead and go ahead and tell you this. He said he joined up right after he graduated the high school. Uh, this is like late late 1944 early 1945 immediately joined up joined the navy as a volunteer and had four weeks of basic training and then was immediately sent out to the uss pensacola and uh participated in the battle of okinawa and then of course saw the bombs drop and he said that he still struggled with what they had done he said he knew they, that he himself, as part of that ship, had killed thousands of Japanese, not even counting the bombs. And he said, uh, he, he looked at me like almost asking for justification, and I didn't really know what to say. And I said, you know, I guess at the time they thought it had to be done. And he said, war is war, but I still wake up thinking about it. The guilty conscience uh, has haunted get... him for... Yeah, yeah. And, and I thought about asking for his number and and trying to uh see if he wanted to sit down with us but honestly the, the conversation was so heavy that i didn't feel like it was appropriate yeah. so you know after about five or ten minutes um i eventually you know i had to go and, and, I, and i said thank you so much again you know i introduced myself and he told me his name lewis fields and i told him my name was sam and and uh shook his hands said thanks again and, and walked off but i've it really had a big effect on me and to see this I mean at this point he's 96 to see like him still obviously still living this was insane and through the magic of the internet uh, I'm trusting our listeners not to be douches here and not to harass this old man yeah. uh, but through the magic of the internet I did find his phone number what I think might be his phone number so I am going to call him and maybe see if he wants to go out and meet with me and we might discuss the idea of sitting down for an interview. But obviously, you know, there's a lot of ethical considerations there. Um, I'm interested in hearing what he has to say, but we need to respect his sacrifice. But yeah, maybe we'll talk about that after, after the fact. We're also, respectful like people. You think basically, about yeah, you guys understand what Sam's saying. He Sam's not trying to profit when we don't profit from the show very much. But, uh, <laughs> at all, but, uh, <laughs> at all, I was going to say, what the fuck are you making money? <laughs> yeah, I'm making tons of money. I thought Sam was too, but, uh, you know, sometimes you may interview someone, they'll be okay with a recorder going on, but then you can mention, Hey, we're going to post this on the internet for anyone to listen. And you're kind of putting your life story on the line and people may not be about it, but yeah, it's, a. Uh... Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get with him and and talk and maybe uh, you know if I I'd like to develop a friendship with him I'd get the sense he's lonely and uh, maybe it could 
become friends with him. Um, if and if that's not his number, I'm just gonna go hang out at that Kroger until I see him again. <laughs> in the broad section. I'll just stalk this World War II veteran. So anyway, uh, in honor of Lewis Fields, who obviously has all of this emotion, and it's, it's still haunting his life. I thought I would talk today about the USS Pensacola, the ship that he served on. Uh, it was a CA-24 heavy cruiser, essentially, um, you know, a battleship is what we would really think of it as. Um, it has uh, a pretty illustrious, it was almost everywhere in the Pacific during World War II. It received 13 battle stars during World War II, meaning it was involved in 13 major actions or campaigns. We're only going to be able to hit a few of these, um, and I'll try to be quick. Uh, but once again, yeah, this is for Lewis. And just just to add on um, real quick, so 13 battle stars, a lot of times there would be two, maybe even like three major battles on an island, and the veterans would go and ask if they could get another battle star for it. And people would say, no, it's just one yeah. island. Yeah, well, this is the ship itself has 13 battle stars. Okay. So like we'll, we'll talk about, we'll see later with the, with the battle for Guadalcanal, there was like three major engagements around around the island because they're also as they're fighting for the island a lot of times these ships are also fighting for control of the waters around the island you know so they can like ship in men and material and so they can like basically control that area and uh as we'll see you know it's some of this is crazy uh the uss pensacola built in 1929 so it's built before the war um but many of you know that uh, at this time leading up to as the Nazis were becoming more and more you know, powerful and the Japanese were becoming more powerful, the U.S. was slowly building up its navy as well. So built in 1929, after Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, it's assigned to help protect the USS Lexington, which is one of the first aircraft carriers. Uh, for those of you that don't know, an aircraft carrier allows is a ship with a runway on it, so you can launch fighter jets and bombers from from the sea. Uh, if aircraft carriers were essentially like the game changer, it was the new thing. It was it's it still is today like the best weapon you can have for the sea. It allows you to attack ships from very very far away. It's assigned to help protect the USS Lexington, one of these aircraft carriers, one of the first. As early as the 20th of February, 1942, this is three months after Pearl Harbor, it helps destroy two waves of Japanese bombers that are attacking the carrier. Wow. Um, and a lot of this is stuff that there's not, there's not even names for these battles. It's just, it's just, you know, just random stuff that, that, that happens. It's, it's like that day-to-day -day stuff that doesn't get a name. It's just like deadly and it happens all yeah, the time. Yeah, just in the middle of the damn ocean somewhere. Yeah, exactly. There's really no there's no island to name it after. <laughs> um, after this engagement, they're assigned to protect the USS Enterprise. This is one of the new carriers that was built. Uh, one of the newer carrier carriers, excuse me. It was the sixth of the U.S. carriers that uh, that had ever been built, uh, and very very important. So when we talk aircraft carriers and how important they are, there's only you know during most of the war, there's no more than like ten of these aircraft carriers. So they're extremely valuable. So ships like the USS Pensacola, smaller ships, are going to help protect them and defend against bombers and submarines and stuff like that. Later, they obviously, as I said, link up with the USS Enterprise, uh, which is the same name as uh, the ship in Star Trek, by the way. Mm. For those for those of any Trekkies listening in. Any time travelers. Um, we're talking about a different 
time period here. <laughs> we are. Um, they later work with, obviously, the Enterprise. They also work with the uh, carrier Saratoga, Hornet, and Wasp. So they're basically in a carrier group, a group of carriers surrounded by groups like the Pensacola to help protect them. During the Battle of Midway, and this is when four Japanese carriers attack three American carriers. Are, uh, you may have heard this before, Austin. Mm-hmm. It's a it's this huge basically surprise attack. The Japanese surprise attack the Americans, um, and it, I mean this is deadly stuff. Um, during this battle, the Battle of Midway, the USS carrier Yorktown is in really bad shape. It's been hit um, by dive bombers. Japanese planes are coming in. You know they're also at times they're doing the kamikaze, the suicide attack, stuff like that. They're dropping bombs on it. It's in horrible shape. Uh, the USS Pensacola goes to help. The Yorktown goes to pick up survivors, stuff like that. And at this point, the Pensacola is struck by a torpedo. Uh, looks like it's struck struck in the galley, actually, which is where they where the the uh, food is made, obviously. Um, but d- despite this this hit, which is a pretty serious injury to the to the ship, they keep going and they help save the Yorktown. They shoot down four Japanese torpedo bombers. So these torpedo bombers are ships that come in low over the ocean. And they shoot a missile that's essentially a torpedo from the plane and go, that goes and hits the ship. Mm-hmm. So they shoot down four Japanese Japanese planes and when they're defending the Yorktown. Wow. They got yeah, good it, numbers. You know, I, they are. And at this point, they've already racked up. I mean, I, I say it like racked up, but they've, they've already been, been killing Japanese planes significantly mm-hmm. like if they weren't there these super important american ships these aircraft carriers would be destroyed so really really important job um you know it's like can you imagine being like a like a japanese pilot you've been training for like eight years you know you're the be- you're the cream of the crop best of the best and then some like farmer from kansas shout out kansas mm-hmm. a farmer from kansas uh on the uss pensacola just shoots you down <laughs> Yeah, like, that boy's been hunting his whole well, life. This is easy. Anti-aircraft for him. gunner. Just <laughs> that's. I'm picturing. Yeah, it's like a jackhammer, just giant. What would that be like? 14 uh, millimeter guns, just insane. I just imagine that he's got like a semi chub with the vibrations of the yeah. gun. You know, it's like <laughs> he hasn't seen a woman in weeks. He hasn't seen a woman in weeks. He's only got a pinup model, and she's showing showing her ankle. Yeah, that's the nudes of the time. (laughs) He won't. He can't show his shipmates, or else he'll rip it off the door from him, and he'll never see her again. Yeah, he'll never see it again. Um, You know, because of these these little guys from Kansas and, and people like Lewis, who who is from Kentucky, people like him were on the ship. They help defend these aircraft carriers and they do a great job uh they survive the battle of midway they help defend the yorktown and they go on to support marines on guadalcanal one of the most important fights uh you know in the whole pacific they uh face attacks from japanese submarines that severely very severely damages many of the ships in their squadron the hornet uh which was a u.s aircraft carrier is hit several times and actually has to be abandoned. It's one of the only aircraft carriers in the World War II that was actually destroyed wow. by the Japanese. It, it's hit several, and I've never even heard of it before, uh, but it's hit several times and abandoned. The Pensacola herself uh, rescued 188 of the survivors from the Hornet. 
And also picture, um, if so you're on these boats, you might be deep in the engine room. You're one of the men who's really keeping this thing going. And the boat starts going down and once, once it starts flooding, it's just such a death sentence. I mean, maybe you'll live if you're on the first floor down, but these are massive boats and aircraft carriers that you're just trapped alive. So many thousands of people just trapped alive. I mean, when I, yeah, whenever I went to Pearl Harbor, I think it's the USS, is it Minnesota? I forget. Mm, I should there's, know, but I don't, but that I sounds, mean, sounds There's a handful close. of, bo- or a handful of boats and ships that hundreds of men just drowned inside of. It's horrible. Thousands. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like, imagine, um, this is a horrible comparison, but imagine you're in like the top story of the Empire State or of, uh, the World Trade Center during 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way you're getting out. No. That's how it is when you're in the very bottom of one of these ships and it's hit by, by a torpedo or it's hit by like all these Japanese planes. You can't escape. And, and really it's like, well, you know, we, we, we'll never, hopefully our listeners and, and to us will never know how scary that is and how terrifying it is. It goes to show how brave these guys are, really. So, as I said, the Hornet goes down. The Pensacola uh, rescues 188 survivors. The USS Enterprise is also damaged, but they manage to inflict some casualties. Ultimately, their task force has turned back a Japanese attempt to regain Guadalcanal. So the Japanese were trying to retake the island and retake the area around the island. Um, that's when the Hornet goes down. But they fought the Japanese back. They sunk the Japanese cruiser Yura. And they damaged a number of enemy ships. The Japanese air, uh, aircraft carriers ultimately lost 123 planes. Wow, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, so they the Pensacola mm-hmm, with 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 the other ships, the Pensacola ultimately shot down 123 Japanese planes. So, uh, but 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 you, I mean, we think there, we think, oh, the Japanese have got to be done, right? The Japanese, they've got to be done. But like Austin and I often talk about with the old breed, it's obvious at this point that when the when you think the Japanese should surrender, they double down. Yep. Uh, so the fight around Guadalcanal, even at this point, is still continuing. Even after they've lost 123 planes, the Japanese are still fighting. Uh, the Pensacola is, at this point, hit by a torpedo. Her engine room floods. Three gun turrets go out of commission, and her oil tanks rupture, so they explode. At this point, after the oil tanks explode, the ammunition aboard the ship explodes. Jesus Christ. So How is this thing still this around? Thing, what? I don't know. It's insane. This thing, at this point, the Pensacola is a fireball. Like... Literally, uh, one of the descriptions I read said that it was just the entire thing was ablaze, pretty much. Somehow, still aflame, the soldiers and the sailors, or the sailors, excuse me, the sailors on board managed to steer her back to a friendly port that's close by. It takes 12 hours for that fire to go out. Jesus. It's insane. That's the, the they, thing I'm thinking about right now is, do you try to put out the fire or do you just get the fuck out of Dodge? And it seems like everyone on board said, we're staying here. I guess that's probably a common issue that who's going to pick us up if we jump off this boat? Where are we going to end up? Maybe well, even in around, enemy hands? 
Yeah, you could be. I mean, it's very, it, you know, it's very easy. You're floating in the water. I mean, you're not even thinking about sharks out there. Yeah. You know, it's it's very possible you could get eaten by a shark, hit, killed by a Japanese, you know, strafe attack, fighter plane that just strafes the water. Yeah, um, it's extremely, extremely dangerous. All told, they lose seven officers and 118 men dead. One officer and 67 men are injured. So it's like even when you think the Japanese are going to give up, you know, they keep they they double down and keep going. They're still attacking. It, it's so serious. The waters are still so contested that in order to make repairs at this nearby port, this nearby, it's almost like they're just kind of like up next to an island, but they're still very much in dangerous waters. They have to camouflage the ship to make it look like a nearby island. Wow. Yeah. How do you go about doing it's, it's that? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you just chop down a bunch of palm trees and you just set them on the deck, I guess. I don't know. Right? This isn't a big, this isn't a destroyer. This is an island. <laughs> you pay a bunch of like Polynesian dudes to build a hut on the main deck <laughs> of the ship. That sounds like a great time. You can't make it sound like that. This is war. <laughs> yeah, this is hell. Like they were just, this is war. It's hell, but we're also drinking like Mai Tais. Like, like rum drinks out of a coconut. Yeah, right. They're having pina coladas out there on the deck, man. No, they weren't. They, they I want to be serious. They weren't. Um, they probably really wish they could have been drinking. Um, but eventually they get it fixed, you know. It's amazing, like you said, man. There's like this temptation, like you or me, we haven't been in that situation. We don't know what we would do, but I would at least want to leave the ship. I'd be like, fuck this. This is a lost cause. Fuck yeah. it. But they didn't. They camouflaged the ship. They repaired enough. Eventually it gets fully repaired. And they later go on to work in the Marshall Islands. Um, and basically what these ships do a lot when they're firing on islands is that they'll, like, stay off the coast of the island and they'll use the ship's guns to hit, you know, stuff inland. So they were working in the Marshall Islands. They were destroying airfields, buildings, ammo dumps, all that. But as they're getting, as they're shooting in at the island, you know, the Japanese in these defenses are shooting back with their, with their basically, their defensive guns. Um, so these are, it's really, um, you know, you're, you're facing threats from, from other ships, from submarines, from planes, and from people on the island just shooting at you. Uh, so it's extremely dangerous. We always talk about the Marines, but it's dangerous to be on one of these ships, too. Uh, a few months later, they're helping to prepare for the invasion of Iwo Jima. Uh, at this point... Uh, Iwo Jima is uh, essentially one of the uh, one of the last battles of the Pacific of the Pacific uh, War, but one of the hardest fought battles of the war. She uh, faces several attacking Japanese aircraft, manages to shoot them down, and then uh, goes to Iwo Jima on uh, December eighth and starts shooting these shells. You know, at the island, starts to sh- shell the island. This this ship in one night fires over 508 inch projectiles so imagine how big eight inches like this is basically a giant bullet that's eight inches across and they're firing like they're firing these things at the speed of sound almost so just absolutely destroying lighting that island Um, up of course as uh many of you probably know the japanese were dug in tight 
They were drilled into those rocks. They really You wonder were how much that. damage I mean, all of that so- shelling did. I'm sure it was ridiculous. I'm sure it did tons of tons of damage, but when you look at the reports afterwards, people are like, How mm-hmm. did these people live? We blew up the entire island. Well, they didn't even do as much damage as they thought they yeah. did. Because, the, like you said, the Japanese are dug into these caves. Um, the USS Pensacola comes back later in the month um, and starts, like, hitting these mountains. Like like we said, they're dug into the mountains, starts hitting these mountains, um, and then they uh, assist in in uh, firing on the landing beaches that the landing force is going to use to take the island. At this point, they take heavy casualties from shore batteries, you know, like like we said, those those guns that are on the island are firing back at the ship, taking very heavy casualties. But eventually the Marines get on uh, Iwo Jima and after an intense battle, take the island. At this point, after the Battle of Iwo Jima is where our friend Lewis comes into the picture. At this point, he's graduated high school. He's volunteered. His dad drives him to the nearest recruiting center and he gets put on board the boat just in time to see action in Okinawa. And I, I talked about this with Lewis today. He said, you know, I'd heard that Okinawa was, or, or, or he said Okinawa was the last big battle. And it's so weird because I just read with the old breed and he talks about that, how it was the last big battle. Um, he said, you know, he saw some horrible things on there. So the Pensacola actually was really close to the coast and it gave like direct fire onto that landing beach to help the, uh, to help the Marines, Marines get onto the beaches. Mm-hmm. And this is the 1st of April. It continues to blast away at enemy targets until the 15th of April. Uh, I actually found this. Lewis didn't tell me this. I mean, we, we talked pretty briefly, but I found a congressional record um, that's actually on the, at the Library of Congress's website. Someone at some point, uh, actually Andy Barr of Kentucky. Wow. You may have heard of Andy Barr. Uh, in, in January 11th of this year, 2023, he actually uh, submitted submitted an, an honor to to Lewis um, in in the House of Representatives, and he said that, and I'm quoting here. Incredible. The battle in Okinawa, Operation Iceberg, was the last battle of World War II and was very intense. During the onslaught of enemy fire, numerous injuries were incurred by the crew. Lewis, Mr. Fields, still remembers how slippery the deck was from all the blood and was staggered by the thought that this blood was from his shipmates and friends. Jesus Christ. And that just Mm -hmm. plays into all of... I mean, he said he shivered when he talked about the bomb being dropped, but I'm sure it just brings back a flood of memories every single time. I mean, yeah, over... You know, 75 years later, he's still thinking about it. And it's so crazy. I mean, I found this at the Library of Congress website. This has been, this is a pretty recent, a pretty recent thing that was done. And it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing to me that like, this is still a, con- I mean, I'm glad that it is, but we're still talking about this. The, the, the loss from World War II and like the crazy bloodshed is enough that we're still talking about it in like the Library of Congress. And, and we're talking about it in the U.S., uh, legislature this year. Uh, I was really happy to see that he got, he got that honor. Actually, absolutely. Um, I am reading something here as well. The USS Pensacola was nicknamed the Gray Ghost for its resiliency. Can't take it out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, can't take that thing out. It's a ghost. 
but as we said, you know, it's got this badass name, but they're seeing some horrible, some horrible stuff at Okinawa. Like Lewis was was slipper slipping in blood. Um, they're taking heavy, heavy losses. Eventually, of course, Okinawa was taken, and at this point, the U.S. is gearing up for that invasion of Japan. But in August nineteen forty-five, uh, excuse me, I think yeah, it's nineteen forty-five. I, th- I believe we dropped the bombs in August. Um, I think it's August eight. Let me check. Yeah, Dale, can you check on that? He said he's got to go get his can of dip real quick. Oh, yeah, August 6th um, is when the first atomic bomb was dropped, August 6th. Uh, so Lewis, as he said to me, he said he was off the coast of uh, basically very close to Hiroshima, and he saw the cloud. Um, now, I, I, I haven't found any evidence that the Pensacola was actually in the area at the time. According to what I've seen, they didn't reach the coast of Japan until about a month after the bombing. Um, but you know, it's very possible that what I read wasn't true. It's also very possible that he j- just saw all the smoke and wreckage and, you all know, the that, fallout that from a st- nuclear bomb, uh-huh. just clouds being formed from the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe even is, just if, like, the, even, if he, was even there, if he was super far away, I'm sure you'd just get a flash of light just brighter than the sun yeah, that could have very well that could have very well been it too he may have seen it just off in the distance and but i know that they were close to the bomb site about a month after i know at least they were there about a month after uh, so he got a first-hand look and of course he's older now and maybe his judgment or his memory is a little bit cloudy uh so i'm hoping we can sit down with him and, and learn more about that story uh but but without a doubt i mean he was a first he had a first-hand view of Okinawa of the cost of that battle. He had a first-hand view of the cost of dropping the bombs. Uh, talking about the bombs, mid-1946, after World War II, the ship is used to test nuclear weapons at Bikini Atoll. Uh, you may not know what Bikini Atoll is. It's the, the Navy, essentially, or the U.S. government, essentially conducted a bunch of nuclear tests at Bikini Atoll. Uh, and the Pensacola was... It had already been damaged. It wasn't in great shape. They decided to test nuclear bombs on it. Um, after it was tested for, for after it was tested, you know, they they basically dropped a nuke close to it and, see, and saw what happened. I think it was an underwater detonation, right? Oh yeah, excuse me. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. Um, let's fact check that too. Dale. Dale. You motherfucker. Yeah, bikini atoll. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the side of, it's the side of twenty three nuclear test. Oh, so they were um, underwater, above water. Yeah, I think they, I think they did a. It was uh, they did a lot, I think, too. Uh, but uh, yeah, they basically sacrificed the Pensacola to do that. But as I said, it was in bad shape. It had already been destroyed, obviously, as we talked about. Um, so they they turned it over to the scientists for testing after they nuked it, essentially. And it was decommissioned and destroyed shortly after that. But I thought our, our listeners might be interested to know that, of course, Bikini Atoll is on the surface level. Uh, under the water is Bikini Bottom, SpongeBob's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if anyone If you guys is, aren't uh, familiar with SpongeBob and, or Bikini yeah. Bottom, that's where Squidward lives. Yeah, that's where Squidward <laughs> lives. <laughs> Do you guys like Squidward? Well, uh, yeah, if you're... <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's just keep like going. From... <laughs> uh, anyway, it's really cool. So if you've ever seen, you know, Bikini, Bikini Bottom, where SpongeBob live, lives, <laughs> um, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. Or... That, that is a, I was going to say, the too, reason why we have Squidward. if you're watching any of yeah. these, like the Pacific on HBO, I guess that's that's more of like focus on the Marines. But if you're watching like uh, any of these, like the Midway movie, then one of those destroyers, one of those battleships is the Pensacola. Like it, it seems yes, like sir. it played a crucial part in all of these battles. So one of these ships that's represented, whether they name it or not, is the Pensacola and that yeah it's wild yeah it's it's pretty amazing like how often it, i love that it's like it's got this you know it's got this indirect it's got a very direct connection to all of this pacific war stuff um very very important it's got this indirect connection to spongebob mm-hmm. it's like the reputation of the uss pensacola extends to like dumbass kid shows yeah. you know it's 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 amazing and i i'll go ahead and say i think that the pensacola is cozy um, in a dark way, I think it's pretty cozy too. Uh, you know, but but the gray ghost. There were a lot of brave, yeah. The gray, the gray ghost. There were a lot of brave, uh, brave men on that ship, and and I was honored today to talk to one of them. You know, who survived it, but obviously it still haunts him. So, uh, Lewis, you're cozy too, man. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, awesome. Stay cozy.